Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you happen to be watching or listening to us in the great wide world brought together by the internet. Last three guys do a podcast are here for the first week of the NFL season 2023 and week two of college football as well. Lot is over, lot is to talk about. First up, of course, the Atlanta Falcons. They are finally 1-0. I can't remember the last time they started out the season with a victory, but they got it over the Carolina Panthers. Pretty much it was a tight through the first half, and the Falcons pulled away at the end, got a good victory over Carolina. And the debut of Bryce Young, who showed some promise, but of course, you know, it's a full football game. Desmond Ritter looked looked decent in his uh, outing as well. Bijan Robinson got his first touchdown and first touchdown for the Falcons. And so it basically it's it, it feels good for the Falcons to actually be 1-0. This is something they have not been in a very long time. And now it's just a matter of trying to keep it going. They play Green Bay next week. Green Bay right now just got another touchdown on the Bears, 24-6 favor of the pack and Jordan loves first outing as the top of the depth chart. So the question is were we was the Falcons victory just a matter of their of their competition and can they do the same thing to the pack next week? That's a good question. Um I, I want to follow up on, on the last time the Falcons started when it was 2017. Um the year after the Super Bowl uh Percentage was nice. It was it was in the 
high seventies, maybe low eighties. I'm not sure. I haven't computed what fifteen or eighteen is, but it was a phenomenal completion percentage. But he only had one hundred and eighteen yards passing. But that was off of screens and draws, and uh, I think the longest pass play was to uh, Kyle Pitts, which was a thirty-five yard reception, which looked great. Um, the one thing that also concerned me was the pass rush. That front four did not generate a pass rush at all. We got two sacks, but we had to get them off of stunts and blitzes. And if we have to do that, if the pass rush is still struggling up front, then okay, we're fine. But you have to find some other way to get to the quarterback. Yeah, because they, they there were times where they left Bryce Young in the pocket too soon on just a four-man rush. And so um, I gave it a B minus because we won. We only allowed ten points. Like the the, the one the one defense got better as the game went along. It, it wasn't the best, but it it held up. It held its own. We made a lot of crucial stops when we needed to. Remember on third down, guys, we were suffering last year. We were mm-hmm. last in the league in defense on third down. Now it seems as if we are pretty much there, and we're pretty much on that. So. Um, like I said, I gave this team a B minus, and I say a B because they won the game. I, I, it's just hard for me to give some a, a team a C if they lost, if they won the game. So B minus for Atlanta, and hopefully John Nathan and Leon they can focus. And next week they got Green Bay. Green Bay looks really good right now, and you know maybe it was because of the fact that they there was a competition that they played. But I have Carolina winning the division. Yeah. So. You know, I'm not, not quite ready that. to change that that um that, that thing yet. So Carolina not winning nothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> the completion percentage is about eighty three point three because fifteen out of eighteen that translates into five out of six. So that's uh, so that's about eighty eighty three percent. What I really like from the Atlanta defense is they pushed the shutout in the second half. Yeah, I, I think. It's going to be kind of hard to judge Atlanta's defense um, based on the competition in the NFC South. Everybody's pretty much, you know, though um, the Bucks had a pretty great outing today, Baker Mayfield didn't put up more than the yards. There's no, you know, um, I believe that the Saints, they got a W today, but, you know, Derek Carr wasn't, he, he didn't wow anybody. So, um, yeah, I think um, this is this is kind of like this division is rebuilt friendly. Yes. Yeah, this is a rebuilt friendly division. If that if yeah. if such a word exists, I agree with that one. I'm so, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. They they did not pitch a shutout in the second half. They only allowed a field goal. It was ten. It was tied up at ten at the end of the third quarter. They pitched a shutout in the fourth quarter. So here's Atlanta. They go. They drive for a touchdown for t- for Tyler Alighieri. They get the ball back, another Allegheny touchdown, and it's just a matter of a lot of ball control offense. Again, only 116 yards passing for Desmond Ritter, but Bryce Young, 20 of 38 for 146, so he didn't set the world on fire either. But the important thing for that is, as you mentioned, Jesse Bates with the two picks. And I don't think Ritter had a pick in this ball game. So no, it, it, right. it was a very, very uh, conservative game plan. We made a – we. I know we make a lot of fun of conservative game plans, but this one was in a game plan where you thought 
Carolina was going to have the conservative game plan. It was Atlanta with it, and they actually did pretty well with the with the Robinson and Allegheny uh, combination. point, John, if the conservative game plan works. Yes, that's the thing. You know, you, you had a rookie quarterback. Well, and I, I still can, okay, we can call Desmond Ritter a sophomore, but he doesn't have more than 16 games on his belt right now. Right. He's at five, I think. Right. He's still considered to a certain he's a rookie in theory. In right. reality, it's the second year, but in theory, he's still a rookie. Right. And I the coaching staff did what they were supposed to do. They had a conservative game plan. The wide receivers, they're, they're not going to get their stats maybe this year the way they want to. But it wasn't – oh, the, the, the wild factor wasn't there, but it was enough to get the win. Yes. It was enough to get the win. And at the end of the day, that is what matters today. And next week, you have another technically rookie quarterback that they're, that they're going to play in um, Jordan Love, who looks like he's, you know, though they're having a great outing against the Chicago Bears, mm-hmm. he has a lot to learn. Um, if the Falcons can come off and um, play nice and consistent defense, can possibly come out with another W next year. I mean, next, next, next week. Yeah. And Daniel, getting to your point about you still haven't changed. Uh, your viewpoint that Carolina will win the division. Uh, Carolina hosts New Orleans next week. If they drop to 0-2 in the division, would that be enough to cause you to uh, change your change your viewpoint? No, because I, I said that they were going to go 4-2. So if they do in the division, so if they do lose to uh, New Orleans, which I don't think they will, okay. to be honest with you, like Leon said, New Orleans didn't set the world on fire either. Um, surprise, surprise, Tampa Bay got a win today over Minnesota. Yeah. That was a shot. Yeah, Baker Mayfield but, had um, make, Baker Mayfield made the plays. Probably out to prove people wrong, right? And he had but, a horrible start. I think he, yeah, he, did. he I think he, his first quarter stats were abysmal. I think he was like three to six for maybe 30 yards. And no, I know he, no, it, was, it was worse than that because I know he had six, six straight incompletions. But once he started rolling, once he started uh, finding Mike Evans, and I think that was really what turned it around for Baker. Once he started realizing, hey, I've got, I've got this historic t- receiver who's gone over 1,000 yards for nine straight years, and if he makes it 10, he'll set the record for most 1,000-yard uh, receiving yards to start a career. I might as well use this guy. And he got a couple touchdowns off. So once Baker found, realized that he had him, well, it, it turned his fortunes dramatically. Right, yeah. Mike Evans, Mike Evans is looking at Baker Mayfield like I'm looking at the camera. <laughs> like you're looking at the camera. <laughs> like I'm looking at the camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's probably glad they got his game this year. But he's looking like, oh, I got right. this record that I'm trying to break, and y'all got me this guy. He told me to oh. <laughs> Six-day incompletions. Oh, that is. I mean, I, ooh, I could do this. Yeah, but like, like you Imagine said, it's gonna be a long season for everybody here in the South right now. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, 
looks like we're like you said, the site didn't set the world on fire um, at all. Really, their defense. I think this is going to be, if anything, it's going to be a defensive division. Uh, a lot of teams are not going to want to see a lot of the defenses. I thought that all four teams across the board played exceptional defense. Going back to Carolina, um, if they don't pay Brian Burns his money, because that guy's motor was running all night. He gave Ritter problems all day today. Um, if they don't give him his money fast, man, that's going to be a big-time loss for Carolina uh, going further ahead. Of course, they're still talking about it. They brought him into camp. They didn't think he was going to play today, um, especially I didn't. But they, they uh, bring him in, and, you know, he uh, – actually is playing like he's worth every bit of whatever contract or whatever money he's seeking. Um, Atlanta, like I said, there were some spots. There were some things I was concerned about, especially in the pass rush. But the secondary, and I can't believe I'm saying that because remember for years we were having issues with the secondary. But that secondary looks like ball hawks. And when you add a guy like, um, like Jesse Bates, who is who is now the, who's the team captain, uh, one of the captains on defense who is well-respected on defense. You add him in, uh, not just the, the athleticism, but the intangibles and how smart he is on the field and the things that he can see. He's going to make everybody around him better. And that's what I saw today uh, in that secondary. That secondary is 10 times better now. Especially with getting the two interceptions for Bates. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's another thing. Rookie quarterbacks are definitely prone to throwing to making those picks, making those ill-advised throws. They think they can get it there, and sometimes they they just can't. So I think Bates is really he's looking at this Bears-Packer game right now, and he's trying to pick up on Jordan Love tendencies, things that he's doing that could might give away what he's going to do with the football. And also, listen. Rookie quarterbacks. Let's talk about them for a second. Do you know the last time a rookie quarterback won a football, uh, won an opening game? What? You'd have to go back to 2002 when a guy by the name of uh, 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 David Carr, Derek Carr's big brother, Mm -hmm. won for the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans also debuted that year. I think they beat Dallas that night. Okay. But, yeah, that's the last time. Rookies don't typically win games like this. So, you know, like I said, it's growing pains. Each each one had to learn. I don't know what Stroud's numbers were today against Baltimore, but uh, I, I do know that he didn't pick up a, a win either. Yeah, but, well, he's playing Aaron Rodgers. Uh, not Aaron Rodgers. Lamar Jackson, 25-9 uh, to 9 was the final of that one. Uh, Ravens go to 1-0 and on the season. Right. As they beat as they beat Houston again, I'm just calling the stats. It'll just take the second. And this weekend, I I there was also well, I think the number was 14, and that's the number of African American quarterbacks starting, and that is a record as well. Yes, <laughs> and it is a um that that is something that is something wonderful, especially from the time where we come from where. Um, African-American quarterbacks were laughed at at one point in, in, in an era. Um, 
where they were saying that they just really won't pan out as an NFL quarterback. Well, look at them now. 14 starters. And that is just an incredible feat. Incredible feat. I love it. All right. Uh, two other notes. C.J. Stroud, 28-44, 242 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. And the Bears just scored a touchdown, so now they're going for two, trying to cut the deficit 24-14, and they get it in. So it's now a 10-point game at Soldier Field. Bears down by 10. And they are just ending the third quarter on that one. Yeah, once upon a time, a black American quarterback, you know, you could play quarterback in college, but when you get to the NFL, they're going to switch your position. Right. You know, um, Warren Moon, one of the greatest quarterbacks that we've ever seen, mm-hmm. ran the run and shoot offense to perfection, but can never win that big game in the playoffs. Right. Um, he had to start off, he had, he had to start off, you know, well, he had to play the USFL. Uh, no, he played the he CFL, didn't he? Didn't he play in Canada? Yeah, he played in Canada. Yeah. He played in Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to play in Canada. Just to play quarterback. Here's um, <laughs> there's a few other um black American quarterbacks in that existed, but it's just man. But to see what we're seeing now, that's that's great. You know, we know, you know, we, we you see some type we see growth in diversity. Yep. That's appreciated. Uh, C.J. Stroud also lost a fumble, but I'm looking through the Texan stats. He was the only player listed as a quarterback. I mean, he's the only quarterback listed. He rushed four times for 20 yards, and according to the receiving stats, he got one reception and one target. Just like Desmond Ritter did. (laughs) (laughs) The first completed pass of the season was... Desmond Ritter, the Desmond Ritter. Okay, so it got <laughs> got knocked back, probably. Batted up and put in the air. So that's... Right. So he does throw the ball to himself. Right. Uh, I'll I tell you, I tell you who, if I had to have a team that I am extremely disappointed in, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, yes. Uh, well, wow. the, the conditions were horrible. It was raining the entire ball game. Right. And the Browns just gutted it out. They just they were they were good mutters, as it were. Um, and Burrow just signed that contract, didn't he? Didn't? Yeah, he set the yeah, he yeah. set sixty five million a year. Right. Um, one hundred and twenty two million guaranteed. And only getting well, how do you a stick it up like that? Burrow fourteen thirty one eighty two yards. Man, that, that was that was stunning. Yes. 82 yards and top corner? Yeah. Yeah. Those are top corner stats. What was he? What was he? He's on his Aaron Rodgers team right now, Joe Mixon was the leading rusher with 56 yards. He did realize he had Jamar Chase, five catches, but still just 39 yards for him. A lot of dinking Jamar- and dunking. Oh, wow. I know Jamar Chase is looking at bro like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> well, it's like John said, the weather could have affected him. But I, I would think that that shouldn't even do that because it would put the it would put it more on the ground games. I mean, Deshaun Watson only threw for 154 yards on his on his own, one touchdown, one pick. Right. And but they had a 100 yard gain in, with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Yeah. And Watson also, uh, I think he had a touchdown. Was uh, yes, he did. Five rushes, 45 yards on the score. 
This will really? make it was a sloppy game. Yes. Yeah, it's really just been sloppy football this today. It looked like week one. Actually, honestly, it looked like preseason week four. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because I think the Falcons could have used some uh, extra reps for their number one team uh, before they got it, before they started today. Even the, you know, to go up with seven, I mean, look at the teams, the, the two teams who were in the AFC championship last year. Kansas City, look, I, I know they don't have their two best players. They don't have Jones in the lineup. He's having a contract situation. And Kelsey had that knee injury. He was there saying he probably could be ready to go next week in Jacksonville. Okay. But, man, you can't drop it. You're, you're a receiver in the National Football and you, you just cannot drop as many passes as you did Thursday night and allow a hungry Detroit team to just stay in the game and be hungry and yet alone beat you. Yes. You know? It's, 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 oh, Leon, I got something to say. I'm going to give the Chiefs a pass, right? All right. The Chiefs did good. Oh, I bet they did. The Chiefs did good. Yes. They did good. You need more for that. It's all good. You got to week five, okay? Just keep on, keep, I mean, you know, I give the, I'm, I'm, I'm very empathetic and sympathetic. You know, they didn't have Travis Kelsey. And they didn't, you know what? Travis Kelsey doesn't need to play until about week 14, okay? <laughs> Now you look at you look at this. I mean, we know why Leon wants. We know why Leon's happy right now. But look at but I and I, I and I apologize for pointing this out, but it's in the service of a larger point. Uh, Miami's got a three point lead on the Chargers with two twelve left in the third, and right now Denver up on the Raiders thirteen to ten nine forty eight. So right now AFC West, your number one team is your Denver Broncos. Sean Payton is Sean Payton is number one in the division. Wow, that's crazy. So um, the Broncos fought on a, that that game is when final. No, there's about ten minutes left. Okay, yeah, that, that, that's up in the air. Yes. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah that's, that's yeah, they're fourth from goal. They're actually about to score again. Yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna for the Chargers to figure it out and take advantage of wow. Oh, wow, you got to strike while the beast in Kansas City is wounded. Yes, got to strike. You got to get that win. Got to make that. Got to be the hunted as opposed to the hunter. I mean, you got to get right. that. You got to get. Got to get that lead when you can. Right, and don't and see today if whoever takes that loss to uh, between Denver and Vegas, that's going to hurt because it's a division game. Yes. You know, but yeah, I, I definitely need the Chargers to figure it out and get this W, especially in light of, especially in light of our quarterback getting paid all that money. I mean, my goodness, I, I, I need I need deep playoff run. Hmm. He, he, he got he got deep playoff run money. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Well, as you yeah, said, that, that, as you said, Leon, plenty of time left in that one. Um, yeah, it's still plenty of time. There's still a whole quarter left, 17 minutes. Philadelphia five point edge over New England. They just started the fourth. Rams seventeen thirteen over Seattle. Also just starting the fourth quarter. I'm John Morgan with Daniel Bolton, Leon Brown here on the last three guys do a podcast. 
appreciate. We're talking NFL week one. And what? <laughs> Again, I, I, I like it. I'm, I'm sorry, Leon. I am not. I am not picking on you. I am not. It's just service and a larger point. Um, Colorado and Coach Prime defeated Nebraska to go to 2-0. and And at one point, the Buff uh, faithful were holding, of course, they were holding up we want Bama signs. But you really don't want Bama because Bama just lost to Texas. You want we want Georgia signs. When are we going to see we want Georgia signs? Because I think college football is still in disbelief right now. Okay. Because the face of college football in college football success over the last decade has been Alabama. Yes. Now, Georgia has a way to upset that. We're going with three peating this year. That can kind of offset a three peat can offset all of the success that Nick Saban has had over the past umpteenth years. Yes. You know, and with Colorado, that success has Deion Sanders' success can overshadow a lot of people this year mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, Colorado was one in eleven last year. Right. With losing games by after three touchdowns, to now having a a potential Heisman Trophy winning quarterback that was playing. On a nat- on a national level, Jackson State is a no-name program. On a national level, mm-hmm. they're not an FBS school. So that that's going to be. Matter of fact, it's safe to say that Colorado, if they keep winning, if they could beat Oregon, but I believe they're, they're going to win next week. They're yeah, they host good. Colorado State in their final non-Pac-12 tune-up. So yeah, they 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 probably will get that W. It's going to be an ESPN national uh, televised game. I think it's going to be the late window, um, Pac-12 after dark tomorrow or next Saturday. So yeah, that's that is definitely a W. They'll be three and zero heading into the pack, the meat of the Pac-12 schedule. And what they got? What Oregon, Stanford back uh, right out of the gate. I think those are the two teams they play. Uh, Oregon, USC. USC. Okay, that's that's right. Yeah. So it's Oregon first, and then it's USC. I think Oregon is. At home, and USC is on the road. That's going to be a tough one. Right. USC, the speed of USC is just uh, amazing. So when you see it, and Caleb Williams is like he's on a mad hunt to win the Heisman again. I'm, so, you know what? Uh, his performance in the first couple of games, yes, they haven't played anybody. Now, this is going to be his first, um, you know, what they play Coastal Carolina, San Jose State. I mean, I'm just glad he's playing well because he had a very busy off season raking in the NIL money. Oh yeah. I mean, I see him for Wendy's. I see him for Nissan. So I mean, and if you're a coach, that especially for a college coach, I'm sure the pro, the your Andy Reid, your Bill Belichick, they know they can't stop you from doing it. But it's still a day on a move on a set. Is a day not in the playbook, not in cl- not in class. Although you know it is the summer, there's no class anyway. But still, it's not a day in your playbook. He can't control what he's doing. So now it's really up to Caleb Williams to really play well. And as you said, Daniel, the pressure's on him. Heisman Trophy winner, trying to do it again. 
um, and still trying to marry this NIL recognition and money with his performance on the field. So far, it's it's a success. But again, let's wait till we get to the Pac-12 schedule to really um, make it, make a judgment on this. Because I remember, I still remember listening to that uh, game. We were driving home, we were driving back from Warner Robins, and um, listened to the Pac-12 championship game. And he's obviously hurt. He's hurting USC's chances to win that game, and he's not coming out. Right. And that I, you know, I, at one point, I don't care who you are. We, we have a better shot to win this football game with you out because you are definitely injured, and I just don't want you to really aggravate something and jeopardize your future livelihood for this. So, um, but again, it's he stayed in. That was the call. Everything seems everything seems to be going his way right now. But again, let's wait until we get into the uh, college football part of the schedule, which is, will be two weeks right now, and then we'll just put it in. And see what it see what happens. And Green Bay just scored, so it's 31-14 Packers. As it looks like the Pack are they just started the fourth quarter, 13 minutes to go. Bears really are backs to the wall now. They need two, they need three scores if they want to tie the ball game. So it looks like the Packers are gonna go one and oh. And once again, no matter what the Bears do, they still just can't seem to get over that Green Bay hump. And we'll see how they do next week again. Green Bay. Playing Atlanta next Jordan, week, and who Jordan are Love is carving up the Chicago secondary like a popping John Shit. All right, and the Bears are at Tampa next week. Yeah, pretty much, Leon. They, they um, the Bears on defense, of course. You know the tradition. Um, you you know what. That city is all about. It's never really been about the quarterback player or anything like that, even though Justin Fields is going to turn that around. But it's always been about defense. And the, the monsters of the midway look like the, the ants on a hill right now. Yeah. That's what they look like. They just they just don't have it on that defensive set. And that's what really, really gets me about uh, Chicago. They have to get back to that tradition. To having a great defense. I mean, when you look at the Bears, it's it's Dick Buckets, mm-hmm. it's Mike Singleton, it's Wilbur Marshall. You, yeah. you know, it's Brian Urlacher. It's those guys that actually makes it happen. Yeah, and Justin Fields just threw a pick six. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. That's the nail in the coffin of that one. But again, getting back to my other point about Alabama, they lose to Texas. And I think Leon is getting, and I think Leon's kind of circling the point. Um, does this mean that Alabama's day as the number one dynasty is done? Does, is that what this means? Uh, I do agree with Leon. Georgia is going to win their third straight national title. I don't think they're going to be challenged until the playoffs, until the at, at least the SEC championship. I think their first real game will be their last one against Tennessee. I don't think South Carolina is gonna is gonna help is gonna uh, be much of an impediment next week, um, but yeah, has has I, I, it just seems like that the crown has officially been passed, the mantle has been passed, and it's just a matter of and it's just waiting for everyone else to realize this. Right, and here's the thing: I, I don't want to take nothing away from Texas, 
Texas is not ranked. Wasn't start, they didn't start off ranked in the top 15 for mm-hmm. nothing. Okay, they're, they're a really good team. They have a really decent quarterback in Quinn Ewers. Um, and he looked great. He looked look more, more so like a great quarterback um, mm-hmm. last night against at, at Alabama, which is a hostile place to play in, no matter who's on their team. Look, Alabama just does not have the quality of talent like they used to have. Them just like Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, um, and, and but it's different. Sweeney doesn't like the dab in, in the uh, transfer portal. Uh, Nick Saban doesn't mind doing it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Georgia is going to win the SEC. Their their problem is not going to come on their schedule or in the SEC championship game because anybody they can beat anybody in the West. Okay, that's that's that. Their problem coming in the college football playoffs. Okay. To your point, Daniel, because you had said the Texas earlier this week. Matter of fact, you took it as it was happening. Go when, ahead um, when Clemson lost the team. Yeah. 48 to 7. Mm-hmm. It is, it, you can lose, but the, the manner in which they lost. But the manner in which you lost. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, hey, man, Dabble Day is a number. If he does not give up the program, and the program in this day and age is. Transfer portal and NIL money. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have to, and he's one of these old school guys. We don't need to be paying the players. We need to keep it the way it is. Well, sir, Stable, if you don't get with the program, your program is, is, is going to leave you behind. They're only behind. They're, they're going to get rid of you. Yep. And they're going to bring in a more modern minded. Mm-hmm. Because now the, oper- the, the the social operating system of the NC of NCAA football is pretty much semi-pro. That's the direction this thing is going in. And to your point, um, and, and well, back to uh, um, what I was going to say about Georgia. There's only maybe I mean I could possibly add Texas into this mix. But there may be three teams that I think could possibly challenge Georgia. Texas, USC, and I'm not being biased by saying this, but when you look at this team, they're different from what they've been the last five or six years. Florida State. Florida State has put people on notice with that week one win that one demolition of of LSU. Um, Of course, they still have to get past the Clemson Bulls because just like Boyd, just like Chicago can't get over the hump with Green Bay, we've had a problem getting over the hump with Clemson the last couple of years. So if we could do that this year, we could take off and we could be in the college football playoff unbeaten as well. When's the last time you seen an ACC team besides Clemson actually just put the smack down on the SEC team? It's been a while, and the and the and the SEC is struggling against the ACC this year. It's been, yep. um, you saw what North Carolina did to South Carolina last week, mm-hmm. and North Carolina is actually going to be a good football team this year. Right. And we haven't and haven't haven't said in a while, like as far as North Carolina being a, a decent football team, mm-hmm. not 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 recent memory. Not that's like Duke. That's like Duke getting such a win like that. That's, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I guess I'll, 
Yeah. So Alabama, listen, yeah, their days are numbered. Um, listen, Milrow, I think he, he's a decent quarterback. He has the ability to run the football and make decisions. But when it comes down to crunch time, you have to be able to make great decisions and make game-winning decisions. Exactly. And I think Alabama's run of great quarterbacks being first-round picks might just be over. Um, you know, you got you got Tua, C.J. Stroud, Bryce – or not C.J. Stroud, uh, Bryce Young. Um, I It just seems like that's over. And I also think that now the five, the really good players, the, real, the five stars, they're picking Georgia. They're not going to Alabama. They're going to Georgia. And that's really what you can, how you can tell the program, uh, the program's health. And of course, it's cyclical. Um, since Kirby got the last two, of course they're gonna, of course he's gonna go get whoever he wants for a five-star quarterback. Of course he's gonna get those players, just because he's got that those two rings, and is that's is all that matters. So, yes, it has gone. The torch has been passed. And if you're a Georgia fan. The one thing you could the, the the problem is when you're a fan and and it's your team doing this, you tend to think it's going to last forever, and it's not. It's not going to last forever. You may think it's going to last forever. You may believe it's going to last forever. It's not going to last forever. So you it's so just you know just keep that in mind. So when the inevitable down decline happens just say okay it was you know it was fun while it lasted but you know just really just don't let it just don't let it get to your head so you know that's 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 my take on that um let's see what else is we can we talk about uh uh even though we're no longer calling reinhardt football games we're still paying attention to what's going on up in alaska and they had a 20-3 to lead over Southeastern going into halftime, but lost that one, 23-20. The fire caught fire in the second half and got out of there with a W. I still think Reinhardt is going to be the winner of the Blues of the Appalachian Athletic Conference for football simply because there's nobody else. Um, but what that's going to do in terms of the postseason, I think they're probably going to be on the road the first in the first round. Um, they still have a tough matchup. In two weeks with Georgetown, there'll be another ranked team coming in. But once they get into region play, divisional play, you know, they should have no problem with that. Stephen Craig looks like he's a serviceable quarterback. He can get the job done. And, of course, those running backs and waves, no problem there. Uh, let's see. I know I'm kind of bouncing around with topics, and I apologize for that. It's just kind of like whatever, whatever's kind of floating my boat right now. The Atlanta Braves, they have clinched a postseason berth. It is not the divisional championship. That is six, but at this point, it is a um, matter. Of, it is just you know, it's just a matter of time before that before that happens. But they are in um, now. I think they can manage the Now I think the Braves, Brian Snicker, can start turning his focus to the postseason and try to get that pitching staff where he wants it. Um, there's still a lot of things that are not going their way in terms of it. Michael Soroka, they were really counting on him to uh, come off the disabled list and be one of those dependable starters. He has been shut down for the year, so they will not have Soroka. I think Spencer Strider has uh, had a couple, of, a rough couple of outings. 
So there's still some, what the heck? So there's still some things going on here. Okay. That, um, that are a little worrisome if you're an, if you're an Atlanta Brave fan, but yeah, they are in the postseason. Congratulations to them. And you know, I'd say this, they've been spoiling everybody all season, right? Mm-hmm. Stripe has been, he's probably going to win the Cy Young Award. Um, we have two MVP candidates in Acuna Jr. and Matt Olson, and the bullpen is looking as good as it's ever looked, right? And we all know that with postseason, it's all about pitching. Now, there might be some times where the Braves pitching staff probably only needs to go five innings. Now, remember, at some point, they needed to go seven in years past. Right. Our bullpen was weak. It's the other way around now. (laughs) Um, You know, Strider can go four innings, and and we can send that bullpen in, and and they can get us the win. But it's not only that. What concerns me is that that offense is so dominant. It's it's about as good as the twenty seven Yankees and Mayday Murderers Row. They have been compared to that lineup, wow. right? Yeah, it, they they broken the major league record of home runs was set by the twenty nineteen, I believe it was. So they're hitting home runs at a at a at a crazy rate. Ronald Acuna is on his way to a 40-60 season, which is unheard of. I mean, the thing that would concern me is that those bats that we're talking about, mm-hmm. the Acuna, all these, uh, Michael Harris, um, even Marcelo Zuna, is having a great year. If those bats just completely go cold in the postseason, we're going to have problems. And I just don't see that happening. I think that this team right now is riding that emotion. Last year, they suffered a huge upset to the Phillies, who went on that miracle run and, and, and went to the World Series only to fall short to Houston. But our, I, I believe Atlanta is on a path of destruction. They remembered last year, and they're saying, no, you know what? Nah, we're going to take this. The Dodgers have always been our, our headache. They've always been our problem. I think that they are the only team that really serves as a problem okay. to us because they are about as equal to us as, as any other team, probably in Major League Baseball. Yeah, and they'll be clinching soon. Right. To my dismay. <laughs> I don't care to my dismay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, they'll, but they'll be clinching. Um, the Braves rather quick this year, quicker than I expected. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of contributing factors, i.e. those great backs, I'm um, Marcelo Cunha putting his personal life aside and focus on his professional life, and it's, it's paying dividends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it, there should be no reason why we shouldn't see the, the, the Braves Performing well into October and November this year. I, I, I'll be very disappointed, though. All right, that's our viewpoint of the Braves. Um, I want to back up a little bit. I, I had a little bit of an error. Uh, it wasn't Stephen Craig, who was the starting quarterback for Reinhardt yesterday. It was Taylor Jackson, number 15, uh, out of this junior out of South Effingham by way of Brevard College. 
They actually had three quarterbacks in that ball game, but it was Craig, uh, Jackson who got most of the snaps, went 12 of 21, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, Reinhardt throws two picks in the ball game. They have two rushing touchdowns, one by Quan Moss, the other by Jardavian Colbert, and Jakari Clark had a 62-yard touchdown as well. Navari Solomon, two catches for 42 yards. Um, let's see, they really did kind of spread the ball around. Uh, Southeastern had Nate Hayden, went 16 to 34, 154 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Uh, who had the picks? Uh, Kendrick Hawkins had a pick, and Cameron Brooks had a pick as well. So, again, I want to apologize. I uh, kind of had the wrong information on that, and I want to set the record straight before we get a little fur- as we get a little further here today. John Morgo, Daniel Bolton, and Leon Brown. Uh, last three guys do a podcast. Again, we're no- normally do some Reinhardt games, but uh, unfortunately that is not the case this season. But, again, that doesn't mean we're not going to take a look at the program. Speaking of uh, programs, Georgia Tech got a W yesterday. Of course, that was against South Carolina State. Down at the flats, uh, weather was an issue. A lot of games in the metro Atlanta area, those afternoon starts, they were delayed because of an electrical storm that kind of passed through the area. Um, Clark Atlanta got delayed for a couple hours in their game against Fort Valley State, but it was Fort Valley State winning 40-10 to 10 in that one as they had a strong second half and, and really brought Clark Atlanta down. And, of course, Georgia Tech with that victory over South Carolina State, which they needed following the loss they had to Louisville to open things up. Um, Again, Daniel and I, we were at the Pace Academy game on Friday night as they started the region schedule against Lovett at Kilpatrick Stadium on the banks of the Chattahoochee. And it was Lovett getting the big victory in that one. Another, another one. 24-14, 24-14, I think it was. Um, I'm just going to have to look in my book and look in my notes. Well, that, we've got the stats here. And uh, 27-14. 27-14 was the final on that one. Game Thursday night against Woodland of Stockbridge, the Wolfpack. Very big game uh, because they lost last week as well. It's a Thursday night game, and, of course, this is a little unusual. Very, uh, I mean, sometimes you see Henry County play Thursday night games. But this game at Pace Academy, and it's still going to be a Thursday night game. The reason why these they have these Thursday night games is because of the shortage of referees. They need to have a full referee crew, and that's why you're going to have some of these Thursday night games. Um, so you got a crew that's going to maybe do three games in three days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And it's because of this that the GHSA has spaced out their first round playoff game. That's why you have three class or four classifications go on Friday, four classifications go on Saturday. Uh, 4A was Friday. They're going to flip it around. 4A will go on Saturday this season. So that's kind of, um, I think that's the reason why we've got a Thursday night game. We had two last week, last season. They were both on the road. This time we only have one. It's going to be at home and it's going to lead into a pace off week as the first bye week of the season. And it's pretty amazing that we are after tomorrow, after Thursday night, we'll be halfway through the regular season, five down, five to go, but an 0-1 start to the region schedule, which will definitely put Lovett in the driver's seat to get one of those two region uh, home games. And Pace is really going to have to come back and start clawing their way. But they have shown Daniel, and I apologize for kind of rambling around for the last few moments, hitting all these different points. 
they have shown uh, a propensity to get gashed by a big running back. Yeah, they have. Um, Towns did exceptionally well, and I, I thought that they stopped him on, on some plays. But you know what? Even even then, and I'm not going to say anything negative about Lovett. Okay, Lovett. They had a good game plan that that worked. But the reason why it worked. 14 penalties, 136 yards. Yes, that was another That's thing. That's not going to win you a football game, and that is very uncharacteristic. Very undisciplined. Um, yeah. Christian Johnson only had about 60 yards officially, but he would have had double that if some of his big runs uh, stayed and didn't get wiped off the board because of some of those Correct. personal they, foul they, kind of they penalties. A lot of those big plays that Rutgers was able to get on third down but there were penalties on third down by the defense. Everybody had their share. I think it was just a very undisciplined game from Pace. Uh, it, it shocked me because Pace is usually, usually you don't see them commit too many penalties in a game. In mm-hmm. fact, they may commit three to four penalties a game. Right. And for them to commit 14 penalties uh, in that game, and this is according to our main man, Doug Greenwood, shout out to him. Yeah. Um, he gave me that stat when he sent the uh, stats out uh, right. Saturday. It was uh, Johnson's stats were nine carries, 16 yards. Nine carries, 16 yards. Yeah, and yeah, it was. It That's was not good. Tough. It was tough to watch a team like do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, you give credit where credit is due. Love it is supposed to do what they're supposed to do. But if, if Pace wants to even make the playoffs, they're going to have to clean that up. The, the, the penalties have to be clean, and they have to get some more positive yardages on first and second down so that they won't put Maddox Crawford in situations to where he has to make a play on third and long. Right, right, and that's and that's absolutely true. Uh, I think the fact that it was a rivalry game with Lovett, I think that kind of played into, into their hands a little bit. I think that's what got Pace a little more emotional, a little more jumpy, as it were. Um, they know each other very well just from uh, the fact that the campuses are so close, a mile. Um, and so I think that was part of it. Uh, but I want to see how I want to see how they respond against Stock against Woodland and Stockbridge on Thursday night. Short week. Uh, that's good. That's both good and bad. Yes, you're not fully fully uh, recovered, but at the same time, you have to put this game out of your mind, and that's what they need to do. I mean, they need they can focus on. Everything else later, just get this game out of your mind, focus on on the Wolfpack, and try to get that first region win to get you back in the conversation for those uh, four playoff groups. Yep. I agree with that, man. I mean, listen, it only, in this region, it looks like it's probably going to only take two or three wins to get you in there. Willing to stop Ridge on for it. They were expected to finish fourth, uh, according to the Maxwell rankings. Uh, rating. They were sitting fourth and they're only four and they're struggling. Well, like uh, I said, with they're, they're, I believe to some people, to some degree, they're three and on the year, but they beat Mount Zion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think people expect much from Mount Zion this year. I think they're uh, for that for that fourth berth, for that fourth playoff berth, there's like four teams that are kind of interchangeable. Exactly. Uh, and it's right, like you could throw right. a dart on a dartboard and you'll probably get it. You know, Hampton, uh, Woodland of Stockbridge, um, 
third the other team. Uh, who's the other team I'm thinking of? Uh, I, I said Hampton. Uh, again, you're right about Mount Zion. I don't think you know. I don't think they're going to be uh, any great shakes. I don't think they're going to be in the area. But so this is big time for Pace. Pace has been to the playoffs ten consecutive years, but never as a home team on the first but round. Never as a home team either. The majority of them years has been four. Yeah, they finally had their best finish to a regular season in terms of standings uh, this this past season when they became a third seed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But again, it's got to start. It's got to start tomorrow uh, on Thursday night. They got to get that W against Woodland. At least start writing the season, writing the track, and we'll see uh, again if they can keep things going. They probably won't play a game that they are uh, favored to lose until that Stockbridge game, which is which would be the second game before the end of the season. So they really have to yep. do well the next the next couple. You know, Luella McDonough. And it looks like McDonough, you know, they might, as you said, McDonough 3-0. They got that first region win. They might be that fourth, they might be that fourth team uh, that, that gets in. I think Stockbridge and Lovett and Pace were all shoe-ins. But then again, that fourth team, it's always been an exercise, you know, hard to say. Hampton, again, Hampton, um, in the two, uh, Woodland, and McDonough probably would be the ones. But again, let's just see what happens to Hampton. Let's see what happens to Hampton. I'm sorry, let's, McDonough. Let's see what happens when they face off against the against the regions. Well, Leon is back in. He had some uh, audio issues, and now he is back in uh, against 38-14. My phone literally ran out of battery. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I had to try to get the charger. Okay, no problem. No problem. Again, we're just talking a little football. Um, we've got about five, six minutes left in our allotted time. Um, again, next week, and we already mentioned the game against um, Woodland of Stockbridge Thursday, Thursday night. It's going to be on the NFHS Network, nfhsnetwork.com. Daniel and I will be back at Walsh Field. For our fourth home game for Pace Academy, and we'll have that for you on a seven on a Thursday night. Seven thirty will be our kickoff. Seven twenty-five for our pregame show. Hope you can join us for that one as Pace tries to get on the winning side in their region and try to turn things around. They are one and three right now. They had three losses all of last year. Now they've already equaled that right now. Um, and then afterwards, I will be on a plane. Heading to Las Vegas, time to visit my mother. Uh, normally, I do not go in the middle of uh, football season. Football is usually sacrosanct, kind of like the people who resolve never to schedule a fall wedding. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to have that worry. But I usually, again, I'm going to go in the fall. I'm going to go. I'll be in Nevada for the next two Saturdays, and I'll be going to Allegiant Stadium on Saturday. I'm going to see Vanderbilt take on UNLV from Allegiant. Be my first time in that building. I can't wait for that game. I can't wait to see what this building looks like. It's it's going to host the Super Bowl uh, in February. It's already hosting UNLV. UNLV. I can't wait to to get in there and take a look at what this facility um, has to offer. Absolutely, man. I had a chance to uh, go. Um, I think... Las Vegas was playing in Washington one year. It, it was actually around my wife's birthday. And we were in Vegas and we were set to go. We were going to get tickets and uh, unfortunately things fell apart. So, man, good luck to you on that one, John. 
Yep, should be it should be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, hang on, just a fraction of a second. I mean, I one time when I was there toward the end, it was toward the end of the regular season, and I was just checking the prices of tickets for the for the Raiders, and they were just way out of my price range. <laughs> so I just so I kind of said, okay, okay, you know, I'll just skip it for now, but. Uh, maybe maybe I can find something on the secondary ticket market and see what they've got because I think next week is their home opener, uh, at least for the Raiders anyway. I think they play. Well, I gotta look that up really quick. Uh, oh nope nope they are on the road. They play the Bills. Raiders at the Bills, so that means week three has got to be the home opener. I can't imagine a team playing on the road three straight weeks to start the season. That's just about unheard of. Okay. They will host. Oh, they'll host the Steelers, and that's going to be the Sunday night game. Uh, well, I come home the next month. I come home the following Monday, so that's probably not going to happen. But the thing about living in the, the thing about the West Coast, which is great, which I personally love, is on a Saturday, that first game is on at nine in the morning. Yep. So you, so it's like so for me, it's get up. It's get up, have breakfast, take the dog to the park, come back, watch football. And I'm definitely looking forward to that. And, of course, what we call Pac-12 after dark, it's just Pac-12 because the, those late games will start at 8 p.m. West Coast time. So, and, that, and that's, I think that's one of the, that's why I'm, one of the reasons why my dad loved that, loved living out there. Yes, see the grandkids. Enjoy the retirement, but honestly, 12 hours of football. I think that was definitely one of the selling points for that. And there'll be some great games next week. Uh, again, Georgia, South Carolina. Of course, Daniel and I will kind of go through things on Thursday night during our Pace Academy broadcast. We usually do that, just talk about what's going on in the in college football as well. Again, we saw some great games last week. We're going to see some good ones this one. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes left. Not much. Uh, do you guys have anything you you need to talk about? Get off your chest before we take our break. Um, my thing is to Matt Rule into the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Okay. We got to get it together, man. That was a bad loss. National television. It, it kind of looked like we had them in the first half. You know, we were kind of figuring out, we were kind of keeping them, keep, you know, controlling Shador Sanders. But then the second half, like, they just forgot how to play football, man. <laughs> and speaking oh. speaking of that, uh, Leon, you just reminded me, Mel Tucker is out at Michigan State. So we had our first P5 coaching casualty of this 2023 season. Yeah, yeah. sexual assault um, or sexual harassment. Um, allegations, and the thing is, he just said he he did it against a uh, uh, a young lady who was actually an advocate for sexual harassment. So <laughs> it was like, wow, you really set yourself up for that one, didn't you? Man? Yes. Yeah. 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 Do you think it's a little premature? Because did he actually do it? And what about Northwestern? I mean, that coach still has. I mean, yeah, he was suspended, but I think he still has his job, doesn't he? Uh, who was that? Fitzgerald? I think that, yeah. Or was it another guy on that team? 
Well, either way, as as Leon has mentioned and said many times, it ends at the top, and you have to uh, you have to take responsibility for your program. And um, I don't think Northwestern has, but but that is the issue here. And of course, NFL hot seats probably won't get starting to warm up until week three or four or five. As boy, Rick Chicago's making a game of this. It's thirty-eight to twenty. Well, two fifty to go as they're trying to go for two. Yeah, that, that pretty much. And it was incomplete. It looked like Fields. Um, real quick, John. Okay. I want to mention. I want to mention something about Team USA. Okay. Um, they failed to medal, and this is FIBA basketball. They failed to medal for the second straight World Cup. I, I need some people to calm down. Well, I hate to say it, but I think our boy Sharman White needs to take over that team. Yeah, until he turns over that team. <laughs> and nothing against Steve Kerr. <laughs> but, listen, if you look at the top-tier players in the NBA right now, majority of them are, are European. Right. right? Nikola Jokic, you can argue the best player in basketball. He's from Serbia. Mm-hmm. All right, Germany won the World Cup today. They defeated Serbia, yeah. <laughs> right? With no Nikola Jokic, and Team USA couldn't even beat Canada. But Canada has, to me, Canada was probably the favorite going into it. So them losing to Serbia was probably a big time shocker. But listen, Team USA basketball. Listen, the world is caught up to us. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just like in sprint, Jamaica. Had, had dominated Sprinton over the last 10 years until Team USA came along. Right. Right. And, and they've gotten their old thing back. It's just a matter of we just did not put the best players in the in the United Everybody that plays for Team USA is not considered the best players in the world. Right. We just did the, not put that the, team out there. They don't the, want to play. The best teams in the world don't want to play for Team they USA. Don't play. Right. They want to go to Cancun. These guys had Dennis Schroeder look like a 1989 Isaiah Thomas out there. What was this last year against against, um, against the Nuggets, man? Yeah. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Where was this Schroeder at against the Nuggets? Well, remember, you got to remember, Leon, international ball is completely different. It's a a completely different animal Mm -hmm. uh, than NBA ball. If If you really think about it, NBA basketball now, and we still love the sport. We still watch it for fun and entertainment. It has become the, it has become a diva-driven league with players who, whose egos are bigger than the game itself, right? And in European basketball, they still believe in the art of basketball. Two words, time management. Thank you. That too. Yeah. That part. And we'll talk more about this next week or our next edition of the last three guys to do a podcast. Again, um, John Morgan for Daniel Bolton and Leon Brown. Appreciate all of your support. Uh, like that like button, mash that retweet button or repost button or whatever you do. Support us. We, you can catch us every Tuesday. And the library is there on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on iTunes, on Applecast, wherever you get your favorite podcasts and even your least favorite podcasts. I'm John Morgan for Daniel and Leon. We'll see you next week. This has been a presentation of the last three guys to do a podcast.